So, friends, I'm going to invite some, some of my friends up here. Um, we're going to be having a conversation today about work and its connection with our life of faith, our spiritual life. Um, and so I have Cheryl Prowl and Vivian Volts going to join me for that conversation. But first, as we move into our scripture, uh, just a refresher. We're talking about wisdom, and we're spending a good amount of time talking about wisdom because it's, it's a tradition that, that flows across scriptures, across the Hebrew scriptures and the New Testament. So as, as Patrick uh, mentioned in the children's time, uh, we started off uh, by saying that the beginning of wisdom is saying we don't know. Wisdom doesn't leave us there, but from that point, wisdom points us to learning and points us to learning in the presence of God and each other. And one, way, one of the ways that we do that is we pass that wisdom on from generation to generation. So for the next three weeks, we're going to look at particular ways that we experience and share wisdom. And today we're talking about wisdom in our work. So we turn to the book of Ecclesiastes, which is a, a, a different kind of wisdom book than Proverbs was. Um, Ecclesiastes is uh, a teacher, probably towards the end, end of life or with some years of wisdom under their belt, looking back at life and asking, what is the meaning of all this? Looking at their life and saying, where have I found the meaning? It's not a very cheery book of the Bible because more often than not, the teacher says, I, I don't find meaning here, I don't find meaning here, I don't find meaning here. But today's scripture, which will, the first part of it will be very familiar, I promise, uh, the teacher looks back over the seasons of life and offers this one place that she or he will offer four more times in the book of Ecclesiastes as to where we might look to find wisdom and meaning in our lives. And Ralph's going to read our scripture. This morning's scripture is Ecclesiastes, third chapter, verses 1 through 13. For everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace, what gain have the workers from their toil? Have I seen the business that God has given to everyone to be busy with? God has made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, God has put a sense of past and future into their minds. And yet 
they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in all their toil. We celebrate the written word of Scripture. Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Holy wisdom, holy word, thank you for your presence in our midst, um, alive in the lives we lead, alive in our work. We pray that this time of conversation um, be open to the word that you would have us hear and the word that you would have us embody in the world. Amen. So Ecclesiastes says, um, it is God's gift to delight in our work. So <clears throat> anybody who's worked also knows that there are moments where we don't delight in our work, but it's good to know that that's the promise. Um, but so we've got here to, to kind of discuss wisdom and work and our, our, the intersection with our life of faith, Cheryl Prowl and Vivian Bowles. Um, and so we thought we would start by just uh, maybe giving a snapshot of what your work life looks like and then saying something about how it connects to your life of faith or your spiritual life, your life in the spirit. And we didn't talk who would go first. Who would like to go first? I can be quick. Okay. <laughs> um, I am an architect, but I have a specialty in the written part of the contract documents, the construction contract. So all the things that are hard to draw are the things that I document, uh, like standards and low emitting materials, which means materials with low chemical contribution to the environment around the people who live in the space. Uh, and so that's that kind of thing, that um, making buildings work well for people is one of the fundamental things that I love about what I do and also that makes me feel like I'm doing God's work in the world uh, because one of my favorite project types is, uh, is affordable housing and we do a lot of it. Uh, and I also do some public buildings and to make those spaces clean and safe and dignified for the people who need them the most is, uh, feels really good. But just being a part of teams uh, that do this work is also being, it also feels like an important spiritual practice. So I'm an engineer and I work for a branch of California's Environmental Protection Agency. And my agency oversees spills um, that have reached groundwater. And these could be leaks from underground storage tanks or chemical spills from industrial facilities or small businesses like dry cleaners. And we make sure that they get investigated and cleaned up appropriately. And I see the connection to my faith in my work because I'm a steward of the environment, helping to restore the, the soil and groundwater so that it's healthy for the people who use those properties. And increasingly over the last couple of years, we've talked about more about environmental justice 
that practices like redlining put industrial um, and chemical businesses right in or near communities of color, putting a disproportionate impact on those communities. And we're doing what we can to try to untangle that and restore health to those communities. So this congregation has a long tradition on Labor Day for thinking about that intersection of work and, and spirit. Um, but in 2021, it's obvious that things are different and we didn't have this conversation in 2020. So what, what has been different about work for you in a time of pandemic? Well, obviously we're all teleworking now. And I had had a lateral transfer right before COVID started and then got promoted to a supervisory position in our um, Sacramento office in May. And so in both of those workplaces, I've had to make connections mostly remotely. Mm -hmm. And I now supervise people I've never met in person. So it was a lot of saying, I don't know initially, as we all figured out, how do we work from home? We didn't know if work would continue at first, but soon we were busier than ever and finding new ways to make connections. We couldn't just pop into someone's office or have chit chat in the hallway. We had to schedule video calls and be much more intentional about making connections. For us, it was a bit of a struggle because we uh, coincidentally, I think, landed right into a, uh, a cyber attack on our server uh, the same week that we started working remote. So Ouch. that was especially scary. And I think it put us on the wrong foot a little bit. Uh, but once we got straightened out, um, we, uh, we learned to, my team, my, my employees and I learned to work together okay. I think we were actually not as good at working together as um, my, as my client teams and I, because we, we used whatever system they were comfortable with, so they chose how to be uh, in video conference together, and so it, that was, that was flexible, and then when um, we were all getting good at working remotely, it actually gave me some freedom. It gave me the ability to go work at my mother's house for mm. 10 weeks uh, in Texas. And that was odd. Uh, and the time shift was awkward. But the, um, the ability to, be, to work from anywhere, to truly work from anywhere, uh, was a blessing uh, in an odd way. Yeah, because my experience, I've, I, lived with, I lived with my family for five months, three months in the fall and then two months in the spring in what I've, I've come to call our family compound. My mom and dad uh, live in the villages and we were just three doors down, but it is, it, it, it felt like there were um, the borders, the boundaries between family and work life were more permeable. Um, yeah, and I, when, when we were talking about this, like one of you said that you also experienced your coworkers' families. Oh, yeah. How, what did that look like? We, we um, uh, I had a coworker who has several coworkers who have little kids, um, my client, client coworkers, if you will. Um, and so we had to pick times to, to meet when uh, the kids were being given their television time or had their school time. Uh, so that kind of planning your whole relationship around uh, 
around their kids was wild. It, it's not just kids, it's also the, the furry babies, <laughs> the cats and the dogs. Um, there was a cute moment in an all staff meeting with about 100 people that a new staff person was being introduced and her cat wandered through the frame. And everyone who had pets at home, all silently without prompting, turned on their cameras, grabbed their animals, and we all showed off our animals. And it was just very cute. My favorite is when a cat will walk across the screen, and because of the perspective of where they are, it looks like this giant cat is walking or, or looking into the camera. Um, so we've talked about some of the challenges that came along with, with working in a time of COVID. Um, how did you draw on your spirituality um, or your life of faith, whatever language that you want to use for that? How did you draw on that to help or to figure things out or to sustain yourself during that time? I found myself wanting to say grace abounds a lot. And in a state workplace, um, I had to find other ways to do it. So leaning into the we're all learning and just living out that, you know, we can forgive each other. And we were all stumbling through learning new technology. And we laughed it off and we moved forward. Grace abounds. Grace Yay. abounds. Amen. Um, and and we were we were all struggling with something and it's continuing. It was at first it was just adapting to being at home and isolation. But then there was the fear of the pandemic and and struggles of as much as I find meaning in my work, does it matter with everything else going on in the world? Mm -hmm. And now I have colleagues in Sacramento who are much closer to the wildfires. And so we're more open to talk about the struggles and mm. supporting each other through the struggles and recognizing that you know mental health is important and we're here for each other and it's okay to not always be happy and joyful all the time um, but that we're living through it and we're supporting each other yeah amen i found a lot of solace in all the singing we did uh, with the virtual choir and also with my sister uh, and I, we did a, we recorded a duet for my grandmother's funeral. Mm -hmm. And just, there's a lot of, uh, they say that the person who sings prays twice. Uh, and even when you're working hard on a piece of music, when you allow, when I allow myself to feel what I'm singing, it puts it, it embodies it. And that sensation of embodying my faith in my voice, I can't understate, I can't overstate how important that felt because it was, uh, it was quite a solace. And that's, uh, it was very unexpected because, of course, you know, it's also work and it's also uh stressful because you're putting yourself on camera and you're putting your voice all by itself and you've never maybe heard your voice all by itself before <laughs> when you sing in a choir um but it was a it it was nurturing too uh and the many things that we learned by learning to work with each other uh I was able to bring to my work and uh, to my communities that I was working with, uh, my, my professional organization. Um, and frequently it meant that I was 
coming out Christian, uh, <laughs> I was saying, well, my church does this. And it's funny how um, putting yourself in, putting myself as an inadvertent whiz, um, witness um, to, to make it clear that I'm a Christian in, uh, in a place where people maybe didn't know that. Uh, it feels like, all right, I have to really do this right. Uh, pressure, yeah, that's awesome. So we're, um, we're, we're talking about wisdom. So um, you don't have to reduce it to something that can go on a fortune cookie. <laughs> but, what, but what have you, kind of looking at all of that, that experience of working during 18 months of pandemic, what have you learned and what would you most want to impart to other folks about that learning? And I'll, I'll go first to give you a, a couple seconds to think about it. Um, we talked about this. I, I am a linear person a planner. I like to know that step one, two will follow step one. It'll go one, two, three, four, five. You get to the end result and what you had planned will appear. And all of that just went out the window <laughs> with, with, with COVID and pandemic. And not only were we faced with huge change, but every single day it felt brought some new change. So my wisdom that I have to say for myself that has a bit of irony, I think, in it is that change is one of the constants in life. But I think I've had a myth that there's more constancy than there is change. Um, and that used to be fear-inducing for me. But now it is, um, there's still a little fear. But, there, but it's also um, dynamic and generative, particularly when you can share that uh, change with communities and, and folks that you're, you're laboring with. So what about y'all? I'm going to steal from our scripture and say there's a time for everything. And early in COVID, I tried to turn my commute time into exercise time <clears throat> and take time to take care of myself. And I'm not always good at that. And, and some, day, some weeks it's better than others. But I realized that I do better the weeks where I do take time for myself mm -hmm. and take time to do the things that I need to do so that I'm resilient so that I can help lead my team and solve all the problems and handle the change of the day in a way that's, um, that's coming from not a place of reaction, but a place of, of wisdom. Thanks. I find myself, as a result of what we learned as a community here and as a result of seeing the struggles that one of my coworkers has, uh, thinking more and more about the people we don't see, because the people who aren't comfortable getting on a camera or who don't have access to technology or who just would rather be invisible, um, we don't see them when we don't seek them out. And it, and I've become really passionate about making sure that they know that when they want to be seen that we're here or that we find a way to see them. Mm. And I, I don't think I ever really had a visceral uh, or connection to that idea before, before COVID. Thank you. Vivian and Cheryl, I'm so grateful for you to take the time to share with us 
Um, one of my mentors, one of my bosses, actually former bosses, Beth Liebert, um, taught me that when folks share a story or share a little bit of ourselves, it's, it's um, a good thing to just take some, have some silence, to hold that and to honor the stories and to honor the gift that has been given in the story. So in that spirit, let's just hold, hold what has been said here in a few moments of holy silence. <laughs> 